welcome to the show. I am joined this week by the current Secretary of State of Montana, Linda McCullough. Hello, Kevin. And welcome to the show. It's a pleasure. Um, so, uh, I, I try to structure these shows the same, but I'm kind of an idiot and kind of have that going on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, mm. <laughs> exactly, you know, the people at home can't see that, but my hand was flying in front of my face. Uh, one of the things that we do on the show is talk about your past. So let's let's dive back into history and how did you first get started in politics? Well, it, that's always a fun question. Um, I got started in politics in the seventh grade. Uh, my sister, in my, the seventh yes, grade? yes, honestly, my sister, my older sister, was working for a gentleman who um, was running for county commissioner, and he asked me, the seventh grader, my sister, to um, do the yard signs, and that, this was to print them up. And back then, you didn't send them off to a printer to print; you silk screened them by hand. Oh. You know, and that, and you, you know, just like you do T-shirts now. Right. Except for you do it on the computer now, and back then you did it with an exacto knife and being very careful that you didn't go through the all the sheets of paper and everything. Well, so, yeah. so even in, in the seventh grade, I knew this was going to take up a lot of my time because it was for a, a county race, and so I knew it was going to take a lot of evenings and a lot of weekends, and um, I decided I was going to interview the man. I mean, it's going to ask him questions that, that I thought were important as a seventh grader. And that anyway, so, so and to, this, to this day, he, he'll say that his most rigorous interview wasn't with the member of the press. It was with a seventh grader. <laughs> and so, and I had my questions prepared and, and I was, you know, it took me about an hour and a half. And I, you know, I now know that my questions were off of what he could do as the county commissioner, but he was gracious and answered all the questions. And, um, you know, and so I, I evaluated that and decided that yes, I liked this man and yes, I liked what he stood for. And, you know, it was very important to me at, at that time that I, you know, pick someone who was in line with my values. And, you know, I didn't know it, how to say it then, but but it was. And uh, so I did work on his campaign and I did, it silk screened all the yard signs wow. um, for a county race. And so it took me quite a while. But, um, but there were two things that happened. Um, I think the, the, the both put me in the position of the Secretary of State. And the other one happened when I was a senior in high school. And the 26th Amendment had just passed, and that gave 18-year-olds the right to vote. And, um, and so I, I voted during my senior year in high school. Hmm. And my, my parents you know, told me about the issues and about who was on the ballot and, you know, and their opinions. And my friends had opinions about who was on the ballot and what, what a, my boyfriend did. And you know that was all well and fine until I walked into the voting booth and looked down at at the ballot, and it was like somebody stomach punched me. I thought, oh my God, I'm responsible for voting this ballot, you know. And I, I always tell the pages when they come in and see me that if there's one time that you do your homework, it's before you go in and vote. Because you absolutely, I mean, in Montana, things are, the spreads are narrow enough that, you know, we can really affect who gets elected and what issues pass and so on. And so, I mean, I looked at that ballot and I, I thought, oh my God, you know, I can change the world with, with what I think about my opinions. And so I've always taken voting really seriously since then. I always make it to the polls, you know, whether we vote for, you know, ditch master or whatever. I, you know, I always go and vote. Um, and, and, you know, and, and, and research shows that the younger you are when you vote for the first time, the more likely you are to always vote, to mm. keep voting. So, and I was sure a product of that. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So, Okay, so you still screen yard signs in seventh grade. <laughs> yes. I'm trying to remember what I was doing in seventh grade, but it wasn't anything nearly. Well, I ran for student council and class officers, and sometimes I won, and sometimes I lost, and mm. you know, I, but. So you, you've had campaigning going on, obviously, <laughs> on a smaller scale, and then, what was the first public office that you ran for? I ran for, um, in 1994, I ran for um, the House of Representatives in the legislature. Out of Missoula? Out of Missoula County. It's very very different from Missoula City and Missoula County. And I ran out of, out of the county, um, and I ran against an incumbent, and I was, you know, just 
I mean, little did I know what I know now, <laughs> that how, how difficult that was. And so, you know, I had my, you know, I was a teacher, and so I had my lesson plans, and, you know, every night I would go out and knock on doors. I mean, I started this in, like, February and went all the way through the election cycle, and, you know, I had, I had maps made, and this was when it wasn't easy to get maps. Right. Uh, you know, you had this to piece. This is before MapQuest. Oh, yes. Let alone Way Google before. Maps. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you had to piece together maps. And I had a county, uh, you know, a county district. So, um, you know, and I would, um, in one color, I would highlight all the streets that I would knock on doors and all the places that I would go during the primary. And then I would change colors of highlighter <laughs> so, for the fall, for the general election. So you didn't have to rebuild the map? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> I couldn't. But it was honestly, it was like, 20, 25 different sheets pe pasted it together. Oh, wow. So, because it was a big area, yeah. you know, and so, and I, you know, and so, um, I, you know, I had a lot of fun. Um, I had a lot of fun running that time, and I won that election by forty-six votes. Wow! It was a squeaker. So, so. that election night, what was that like? Well, it was crazy. I mean, you know, because we were at the county courthouse tracking the votes. I mean, that was before you had online, you know, like right. we have our election night reporting system now. But, you know, um, you stood at the courthouse and, and got feedback from the county, you know, from the county clerk and recorder. And so, you know, that I think it was about... I think it was about six in the morning before they called my race. Oh wow! So and was that within the the? Um... No, it wasn't within. A, it, it usually it's it always has to be requested by the right. by the unsuccessful candidate. But if it's within a quarter of a percentage point, it's um, for no cost. But after it's requested, and then if it's in, within a quarter and a half a percent. It has to be. Um, they have to postpone and pay for the um, the recount. Mm. But this wasn't. This was right outside of that. So, uh, yeah. So there was wow. no recount. So, um, and, and that election was kind of fun because um, I was the only candidate in a six-state area to unseat a sitting legislator. Oh. And there were. Um, and this was '94. This was '94, and there were um, there were about 25. Democrats that unseated sitting legislators around the country, and there were over 500 Republican legislators that unseated Democrats. So, oh, wow. yeah, it was the the year of the big um, Gingrich, you know, that 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 big. Oh yes, yes I remember. That big, <laughs> that, that big movement. So the contract with America. Yeah. So mm -hmm. um, you know, so I I entered the legislature, and uh, you know, I and I. You know, over the six years I was there, I, I worked with both sides of the aisle. I, you know, I wasn't considered especially partisan. You know, all my bills, but like one passed. You know, oh, wow. and and that in '95 when I entered the legislature, it was 67 Republicans and 33 Democrats. So much like the spread that we had this last yeah. session. Uh, yes. But it wasn't nearly as cantankerous. No, it wasn't. And you know, you worked with both <laughs> and, sides and of the aisle. There was a Republican governor then. There yes. was Governor Roscoe. Right. Yes. So. Interesting. Okay. So you you then did six years in the House. Yes. Uh, six fairly successful years uh, of the House and very successful for you, from what I understand. And then, what was it like running your second race, your second campaign? Well, my second campaign came in '97, and I still did the maps, and I still you know colored them in, and I still did doors. Um, I ran by a lot bigger margin in in '96 than I did in '94, and and it, the same thing was true in '98. I've always taken my campaigns very seriously, um, and even though I was winning with bigger margins, and so um, so then it came to 2000, and everybody that was it, term limits kicked in. Then. Right. And I, I still had one session I could have served, but all the statewides had left, were leaving the offices. So I looked at running for superintendent of public instruction, and uh, I decided to do that. And I, you know, I decided that, you know, I had the best of both worlds. I, if I won, that that would have been great. You know, I, I would love the job. If I lost, I would stay in, as the school librarian at Bonner, which mm -hmm. I loved which I love. So I figured it was a, it was a, a no-lose situation. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then you ran. And how was the difference between, I've asked this of other people that have stepped from a, a regional race, the, the mm -hmm. House races or Senate races, to a statewide race. Mm -hmm. How much of a difference 
is there between the, the way you run those two races? Well, it, it was very much of a difference because you know you're you you know every night I hit my the doors in my district when I ran for the house, and um, when you run statewide, you've got you know rather than one district which is one one hundredth of the state, you have one hundred and forty seven thousand square miles to cover. So um, I was still teaching, so um, I had a map. <laughs> I love maps, and so I had a map with a circle around it of where I could get to within an hour of when I got off work, and I had another circle where I could get to within two hours of when I get off work and then three hours circle. So I knew where I could get to after after work where, where I needed to be for um, dinners or, you know, whatever. I, you know, I had, um, it was the first year of um, the term limits kicked in. So I had a three-way primary. The Republicans had a four-way primary. And then there was at least one Independent, Indep yeah, minor party in there. So, um, so we had to all go through the primary first, and so um, and then I, I took a leave without pay um, the second semester uh, in 2000 to campaign full time. Oh. And so um, you know I I had uh, I put a lot of miles on my car, so <laughs> a lot of miles. And the interesting thing about that race was in the primary was it was a 62-vote margin. Again, with these double-digit yes, margins. Yes, I always, I always say the first race close, and then I, I get better. And so that one was within the quarter of a percentage point. So the unsuccessful candidate had to request um, the recount. And it was a statewide, it was the last statewide recount um, the state has seen. And so um, so that, that was recounted. It took, it took a good number of weeks to, to recount it because you know you run into Fourth of July and all that, right. and so um, so I came out 62 votes ahead, and it was it was it was a three-way primary. It was very close with all three of us, and so um, then then when I ran in the general, I had a much bigger margin. I you know I have had much bigger margins um, cool. along the way. So and then you ran for you you termed out of the OPI uh -huh. uh, superintendent. Uh huh. I, I don't know why we call the person the superintendent. I'm like, let's give them another title because <laughs> I, I get confused. The state superintendent. Yeah. Yes. I, we'll call them Ralph. Um, <laughs> the Ralph. Uh, termed out of there, and then what made you decide to run for secretary of state? Well, I, I'm a list maker. You know, I, I make lists for everything. Lists and maps. Yes, I lists and maps. And so I made a list of all the things I love to do. And um, I, you know, I love politics. I love state government. I love civics. I love elections. I, I made the whole list um, because I, I wasn't sure. I mean, you know, when you're the only state superintendent in the state, and there's only 50 of you, you get some pretty good job offers mm -hmm. along the way. But you know, they were from out of state, and I didn't want to live out of state. And so I made my list, and it pointed to the Secretary of State's office. And so you know, it, it was there was an incumbent in office then, right, so. Right. Who we'll discuss more in a minute. Okay, and, and so um, I thought, well, you know, if I, if, I, if I win, I'll love the office, it'll be great. If I lose, something will come along that I will love equally well. So I, you know, I ran, um, and you know, and I, I have a habit of running, but not giving up the office that I'm in. So I was the state superintendent every day running for the office. I mean, I don't take, I don't take off and, and campaign. I mean, I'm the state superintendent. I take that very seriously. I'm the state superintendent seven days a week. And I, you know, I, and besides it was a job I loved. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't want to miss any part of that job, you know, when I was going to this election. So, um, I, you know, I campaigned at night and so on. And, and, you know, I, I, I kept my job. So, um, we had a very close race and it wasn't called until late in the day on Thursday after the election day. So you've gotten two days. Uh-huh. Two full days, uh -huh. and then late uh -huh. in the day on Thursday, they uh -huh. finally, oh. Yeah, I was in the Capitol because we were having a Board of Public Education meeting on Thursday and Friday in the Capitol. And um, the press kept coming and saying, you know, why don't you declare yourself the winner? And I said, well, the state superintendent doesn't declare races. <laughs> right. so, so along about, oh, I think about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, you know, the provisional ballots, enough had been counted. And, you know, and it was pretty obvious that, that I'd, I'd won by, you know, at that point by 3,500 votes. And, so I held a, a press conference and said, you know, I am the superintendent of public construction. We don't declare anything, but I think since I have 
the most votes that I win. <laughs> so we did that in the rotunda, and then everyone scurried down to the uh, Secretary of State's office, and they put out um, uh, a statement later. So. Very cool. So that's, that leads me to my next question, which has got to be the oddest part of your job, is you have to count the votes, or you're responsible for making sure that the votes are accurately yeah. counted mm -hmm. in your own race. Yes. That is the, the, the conundrum that is the Secretary of State's office. Yeah, now, that, other, other people, election officials actually do the counting. That, it's not that's like you exactly have your fingers right. on the ballots yeah. or yeah. anything, yeah. but you, know, you actually declare the winner yeah. in we, your own we race. We canvass, and that's um, you know, after the election. So. so what exactly does canvassing entail? Um, it entails the um, offices of the superintendent of public instruction, the state auditor, and the attorney general each send, either come themselves or send a representative to, to um, the canvassing. And then I serve as the secretary to the canvas. And I have always, I have always come to the canvas meetings. And um, so, and then we, we literally get, get from the 56 counties their canvas. And, you know, the election night reporting system that we put in has a canvassing mm -hmm. uh, uh, component to it. So they just have to, you know, hit a button and it, it spews and it, it all out. So it's real simple. So we spend all day going through the uh, 56 counties and canvassing those. So. Amazing. So um, some of the technology has actually changed pretty dramatically in the time that you've been in office. Mm -hmm. um, I remember when, was I here? Gosh, I think it was here. 2006, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah. So I was here for the last election when you won. Um, sorry, mental breakdown there. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I remember, yeah, it was. Because I remember I was sitting with my mom, another political junkie. I totally come by it genetically. Um, we, and we were trying to get the, the results mm -hmm. from the web page, and it wouldn't load, and we couldn't get information, and nobody knew what was going mm -hmm. on. And all of my friends in the media um, <laughs> were losing their mind and calling me, do you know what's going on? Our internet's not working. It's not your internet. It's actually the site. <laughs> um, and uh, this last election, uh, well, in, in two years ago, it went f much smoother. It still wasn't perfect, but it went much smoother. And this last one with the primary that we just had was icing. It was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how well, you know, when technology is used right, mm -hmm. how useful it really yeah. is. <laughs> well, the office used to um, hire a stringer for each county. So they had 56 stringers, and they would get the results from the county and call them into the office. And then they have people that answer the phone and then enter it into a computer. So it was a, a very... It was a game, of, was a game of telephone. Yes, and, and, and you know, oftentimes they couldn't get the results from the county, or you know. And so, um, when I came into office, I was having a chat with the then um, Secretary of State for South Dakota, and he had this um, election night reporting system that they had just put in, and he thought it was really slick and it worked well, and it was like a one-person company in South Dakota, hmm. and so. Um, so that was 2009. And so I asked the guy from South Dakota to come and do a presentation for us. And he was coming through. He was driving through the state with his family, going on vacation. So he stopped and, and did a presentation for, uh, for us. And it, it was a terrible presentation. But we could see that the system had, had value. And it was, it was great. And so we had him build the system for us. I think he took on another, another employee. And, so, and it was such fun to work with with him because you know we, we'd look at the system we'd say oh we wish this was in a different color or this was on a different side of the page and he, he he'd have instantly it changed. instantly yes and so it was really uh, great to work with him so in uh, 2010 we had a kind of a soft launch of it we didn't announce it we had it up and running just just to see how it would work and it worked it worked great and um, we had the, the the legislative races and the you know all those races on it mm -hmm. and then in the fall we had the you know official um, opening official of of it, and so we we got. And this was fall of the general election of 2010. We had 2.5 million hits. Now, just refreshing, right. whatever is not a, is not a separate hit. So, so it's 2.5 million unique viewers. Yes. And, and you if you need get to off put the, Google Ads on there. I know. If we, yeah. <laughs> so if we go off the site and come back on, you know, um, that's okay. So and then, then in this in this primary, we had two point eight million hits, and so. And everything uh, seemed to work really smooth yeah, for the primary. Yeah. I mean, I, were, I was sitting at. Um, 
the Montana Club, Pam Busey's party was going on there, mm -hmm. and some of my friends were there, and we were watching the results, and it was really cool because we could refresh, and they were coming up mm -hmm. fairly quickly. Uh -huh. And we all knew that everybody was hitting the site, like Click, and we know yeah. all the national news organizations are hitting it because yeah. you never know when something funky is exactly. going to come up, so they're all checking it. And, uh -huh. uh, and it worked really well. It was very yeah, impressive. It was, it was, we have, you know, we have to get um, IT, the, from the state IT, uh, department. We have them on site in case you know something goes wrong, and then we have people at the ITSD at the at the you know command central, you know, and they're there on site. And so, and then we have um, people from the South Dakota firm on you know, on in their site, you know. So, it, it, to make every, every sure everything works right, I mean, but it's it's really exciting. I mean, and this year we added um, the county races. Right. to it so and, and it goes down to the precinct level so you can actually check by precinct how right. someone did so um, what was interesting about that and I don't know if you listened to the show but Mike Miller was on the uh, roundtable that we did and he was talking about a spreadsheet that he's put together and he had noticed that um, Jim O'Hara did better in precincts where his signs were mm -hmm. by like eight to one oh. <laughs> you know so those big beautiful signs that he painted up the, uh -huh. the county courthouse Wherever you put those, they were oh, so impressive yeah. that they literally captured votes. Oh, wow. And, and, and it's because he can drill uh -huh, down to uh -huh. the precinct level and get that information yeah. that he's able to prove that. And I love those signs, too. I, I absolutely love them. In fact, when, when we're going, I'm doing county visits. I've been doing county visits for three years. And so we like to see the signs because then we know what the county courthouse looks like <laughs> <laughs> before we get there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I hope they do stay up for a while. I'm, I, I know that so they're too. technically in violation of the election law because he's no longer running and they should have been taken down but they're so they're so cool I know I, I thought it'd be fun to to have them still up and put the word vote on it or something you know yeah, yeah. And, you know and vote, well it already says vote for Jim O'Hare or it doesn't say Jim O'Hare for governor anyway I think it does you know yeah, yeah. I think vote, vote be sure to November vote painted by Jim O'Hare yeah. you know mm -hmm. and, and just leave them up because they're, they're so cool and it's such a Montana thing to do it it's is. like how are we going it, to let people is. know what we're doing <laughs> So um, you've got your race that's coming up now, mm -hmm. and uh, you didn't have a primary challenger, no. which must have been nice. Yeah. And then uh, your campaign has kind of kicked into high gear. I've seen a lot of activity from you. What's it like running? You're running for the same office again, um, but weirdly, you're running against the same person you ran against last time and uh -huh. defeated it, but he was the incumbent. Now you're the incumbent. How is that? <laughs> Working out. <laughs> it, it, it's it's working out fine. I you know I always look at every campaign as a, a unique campaign. You know, and go well, into this it. This <laughs> And I go into it um, knowing that I'm going to work and um, still do my job. You know, I, I just figure I'm on 24 hours a day, seven days a week, until, <laughs> until it's all over. And um, you know, I, I take every campaign seriously. I you know I approach everything. You know, I, I approach everything I do seriously, but in a fun manner. So, I, you know, it's um, it's going to be an experience. That's cool. So let's talk about some of the other stuff that you've done, because you're the first person that I've gotten on the show that actually sits on the land board. And you not only sit on the land board, but you've been on the land board now for coming up on 12 years. 12 years, yeah. So, and... Uh, one of the biggest contenders for the Republican side was Scott Aspenleiter, and he made a big issue about land board stance. Not that he necessarily disagreed with you on how you voted on the land board, which I mm -hmm. thought was odd. But he made it that, you know, it's, it's a big thing. There needs to be a Republican on the land board. All right, whatever. Um, but we don't directly vote for somebody on the land board. It's just that happens to be part uh -huh. of the gig. Uh -huh. What's it like sitting on the land board? And what is your role on the land board, and does it change with what office you hold? Um, it doesn't really change with what office you hold. I mean, you work to, to make money for the beneficiaries, and the beneficiaries are the school kids of Montana. Mm -hmm. You know, So it doesn't matter whether you're superintendent of public construction or secretary of state or governor. You're all working for the beneficiaries or the students of Montana. The money goes into the schools of Montana. It goes in to help fund the schools of Montana. So when the legislature decides that um, this, you know, are going to have this much funding that goes into education, um, 
And I have to tell you, the, the way I say it is the first brick in the toilet tank <laughs> is, is the state You've money. You've been in the legislature, so they can't hold it. <laughs> I, I know. And, and in fact, Bud Clinch, when he was the um, uh, director of uh, DNRC, um, presented me with a brick because I used that analogy so much. The, brick in the, the first brick in the toilet tank was the land board money. And so I, st I still have that brick in my office. So <laughs> I use it to hold up books. <laughs> I can't keep everything. Um, but, you know, it's interesting in that um, I have been, historically speaking, I have been the land board member that has raised the most money for schools of any land board member in the history of the land board, over $800 million. $800 million? And that's wow. non it's not money that comes from taxpayers, and it's money that helps generate private um, industry jobs. So Montana. yeah, because it, it's it's land use for like ranchers and farmers and timber sales, oh. coal and oil, coal oil and gas production, uh, and it's it's every it's it's what a person would do on their private land to earn money. We do as a state to earn money. We we rent out um, space. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just you know it's just it's so encompassing. We have 5.2 million acres of state land. Wow. Yeah. And so we do grazing, we do timber sales, we do um, uh, coal, oil, and gas production. We do coal. We do we do it all. That's amazing. Yeah. And so eight hundred million dollars in twelve years. Uh huh. Mm, that's a nice bit of money to bring in for the schools. It is. It and, is. And are all five board members? peers or does the governor lead the board or the governor's the chair of the board but we all have one vote so mm. the five members have one vote each so it, it's five members of the land board and you know it, and honestly it's been almost unanimous decision for 12 years i mean the first land board i was on had um three democrats and two republicans and about 99 percent of the votes were unanimous. Oh wow! And and the ones that weren't unanimous were kind of little issues about, and it was oftentimes the Democrats splitting the vote. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then the your second, own team. I know. So you know, so you know, I I, I um, and I know this land board. The last um, four years has been the land board that's raised the most money of any land board in the history of the land board. Amazing. Yes. And that's a good thing because the, uh, so the land board money directly goes to, and, and I guess my question is, the legislature doesn't get to touch that because it's not general funds. It automatically right. goes. Right. But do they get to see that number and adjust how much they're funding to goes to schools so well, that they it, reduce it if the land board is making more money? Is that what they're doing? No, they set an amount. Um, they, they set an amount for schools. And then the money that comes in from state lands, whether it goes up and down and however it's adjusted, is always the first brick in the toilet tank. And the brick might change. Oh, so so the mm -hmm. legislature says we're going to spend mm -hmm. X amount of dollars. Yes. Y is coming from mm -hmm. the land board, which Y can change. And yes. the rest yes. of it comes out of the general fund to fill in that gap. Yes. Mm -hmm. Ah, so they still control the ceiling without mm -hmm. controlling the That's floor. That's exactly right. Ah. Yeah, first okay. brick in the toilet tank. You, you know where I got that analogy, don't you? I have no <laughs> idea, but I'd love to hear. And I'm sure everybody at home would, too. <laughs> because there are some states that have, you know, water shortages and stuff. I mean, you know, I mean, we even have shortages here. But, you know, so you're, you're taught to put a brick in the toilet tank so you don't flush as much water into the toilet bowl. So you save that, so you save that water. Stop the toilet from working right? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> it's, the, it's the first brick in the toilet tank. I, I am confused, and I'm probably never going to put a brick in a toilet tank. <laughs> I don't. We don't have to. So <laughs> delightful. So, um, the land board is very cool. The secretary of state job is very cool, and um, some of the stuff that we've done in Montana. Um, I know that we're not right on the cutting edge of it, but we are definitely leading with um, mail-in ballots. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. um, or I guess it's called vote by mail. Yeah. Well, we have absentee ballots absentee ballot. now, so yeah. And then, um, and we still have the polls, and we mm -hmm. also have uh, same-day registration. Uh-huh. And same-day registration, okay, so <laughs> what's your opinion on same-day registration? I think that as the chief election official, I think it's my job to get as many people voting as possible, as many people that are, that are eligible. And so the late registration for 30 days ahead of, ahead of the election, I think, is, is paramount importance. And election day voter registration, I mean, 
you know, people sometimes think that these are people who just kind of put it off and don't register. But, you know, when you think about it in the fall, you know, family moves close to the end of the summer and um, they have to get their kids in school and, and they get a new job or whatever. And they're moving across the, across the uh, town, across the city or across from county to county. And the last thing they think about is changing their polling place. And then they go, oh, you know, I, I've, I've got to vote. And so they either register during, change their registration during the 30 days or on election day. But it doesn't mean, you know, we've had 46,000 Montanans since 2006 have used um, late voter registration. And of that, about 20, 20 or 21,000 have used election day registration. So Montanans are using it. Yeah. So I guess my question is, and there's been, it's been brought up as, you know, this is a, a, an opportunity for voter fraud. Uh, is the argument against it, which I don't buy, but that's because I don't buy a lot of things. I'm cheap, <laughs> but uh, I don't. You know, the the regular restrictions are in place. They have to have an ID. You mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. all the basics. Yeah, that, yeah all all the same things happen when they register late or they register on election day, is or or, or they register three or four months in advance. Okay. So and in, and even absentee balloting, you know, um, you know, thirty days before the election, um, the absentee ballots, every envelope is signed by the person who's voting, and it's checked against their registration. Every single envelope is, and if the if the signature doesn't match, then they'll call the person up and say, you have to come in and verify the signature for us, or you have to sign it again. So I mean, they're very careful about that, but every single absentee ballot is verified for signatures. Wow. So all the security things are in place. So basically, it's a bunk argument that they're, they're just trying to disenfranchise people. Well, we have checked into every allegation of fraud, and, and we have found no, no, no fraud. There's been no fraud in Montana. Now, um, I, Well, not in these elections. In Back these, in the early 1900s. Yeah, well, yes, <laughs> in recent years. years. And, and, <laughs> how did we get Helena? <laughs> Stuffed a box. <laughs> in recent years, there, there isn't. Um, you know, I, in the, I think it was um, in two 2010, um, we had an elderly woman who forgot she voted by absentee ballot and went to the polls to vote. But that's not fraud. That's that's someone who forgot. Yeah. And, and it's not fraud to take your grandmother to the polls or to you know to take a busload of people to the polls. It, it's not it's not fraud. No, that's actually called voting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, that would be called voting. <laughs> yes. Um, so. I have a question for you on the absentee ballots because I had signed up for the absentee ballots and I checked the little checkbox that says I would, would I would like to be on the absentee mm -hmm. ballot list forever and ever, amen. Uh -huh. <laughs> and then I didn't get an absentee ballot. Well, and then I was then I was checking yeah. <laughs> and I understand that you're supposed to get a card that confirms it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get that card, oh, I, which was very bizarre. But the, I know that's not you. That's actually the post yeah, office that, that's telling her. Yeah, or the, it's the Lewis and Clark um, County Clerk and Recorder. So check with her. Hmm. So well, it did. I almost didn't get to. And vote it's an in the annual. Primary. Oh, it's an annual. It's an an. Well, see, that's why we have the fail safe. The fail safe is election day uh, voter registration. So right. and, you know we have the fail safe system, but um, it's actually an annual sign up for the. It's an annual absentee ballot list. Oh. I mean. Every January, the county sends out to folk, to voters about whether you want to be on the absentee list, and it's good for one year, and so they have to sign up for it the next year. Oh, okay. Now, what gets confusing is that's for the state and federal election, but um, you know, city elections are all absentee ballots, and you don't have to sign up for those. So sometimes people get confused because they, 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 you know they vote automatically by absentee ballot for a city election or for a school election. And so they, they assume that they'll get one, an you know, a absentee ballot for the state and federal election. So they forget to sign up. So, right. Well, yeah, it, it ended up, I was able to vote and um, I didn't have to register. I was registered. I just uh -huh. didn't show up yeah. and I was like, yeah. Oh. Well, Yellowstone County um, has almost 90% um, absentee ballot. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I'm wondering when we're going to go to the point that we just do absentee ballots. Because I, you know, I've had this discussion with other people on the show, and they really like the polling place. They're very into voting. Mm -hmm. um, Kelson Young's very into it. Uh, Mike Miller. Completely mm -hmm. opposite sides of the political spectrum. Mm -hmm. Both of them like the polling place. 
I don't. <laughs> I, you know, it, it's just, it's, I have to go there and, you know, fill out the paper and then I leave. Yeah. It's not like I'm hanging out there, uh-huh. you know, getting spaghetti, which apparently happens in some other cities, but it's never happened in Helena, as far <laughs> as I know. And um, I really like the convenience of absentee uh-huh. voting. And then I think about, you know, if we're all in the habit of doing it, you know, this is how we vote. We constantly, mm-hmm. we get it in the mail, we fill it out, we sign the thing, it goes back. And it's consistent. I think more people would vote. Uh-huh. Now, um, what's your take on the actual voter percentage versus for poll voting, people that mm-hmm. say they're going to be at the polls because they've registered, versus people that have asked for the absentee ballot? Is one higher than the other? Um, you know, it, interestingly enough, we checked with the state of Oregon a couple of years ago, and we tracked them. And you know, Oregon and Montana, well, we had a higher percentage of turnout of voting before Oregon went to all vote by mail. And then since they've gone to vote by mail, they have exceeded our turnout for mm. voting. And so, um, you know, I, I, I checked into, you know, Basically, I listened to the county clerks and recorders, and they were running a polling place election and running an early absentee ballot election and running um, voting on election day, registering and voting on election day. And they were running three, you know, three elections really. And so I listened to them, and then you know, I listened to them uh, talk about the amount of money they'd save, and they would save over in excess of two million dollars an election cycle. I mean, just just in the state and federal election cycle. And so um, I had a bill for all vote by mail last session, and it came out of the committee. um, And then it uh, it came, it was up about 20 votes on second reading. And then we lost it on third reading. It it lost about 20 votes. Oh, wow. So. Not surprising with the last session. (laughs) There was a lot of, "Hmm, no, I'm voting a different way. Um, So let's talk about what you have coming up. Uh, Well, the election. You've got the election (laughs) coming up. And, of course, it's a presidential election. You've got your own race, which Uh is uh, the whole conundrum of the Secretary of State, obviously. Mm -hmm. And then you've got all of these other interesting races that are going on. How do you keep that in your head during the day? and then focus on your own race at night. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I compartmentalize things. I mean, you know, when I'm at work during the day, I'm at work during the day. I mean, I'm the Secretary of State. I I do Secretary of State work during the day. And so, and then when I go home at night, then I do um, campaign work. So, I, you know, I keep it very separate. Okay. You know, I don't, I don't mingle, I don't mix, you know, I just keep it very separate. So let's talk a little bit more about what the Secretary of State does, because some people seem confused uh-huh. on this. Uh-huh. I would probably be one of those, some people. Elections are an obvious thing. Yeah. Um, and the other one that's obvious to me for completely personal reasons is you're in charge of the notaries. <laughs> <laughs> because your mother <laughs> works in the yeah, notary division. The, the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then... Um, You've also got the, and I, because I have to fill this out every year, is the business mm-hmm. records. That's actually our, by far our largest division. So what exactly do they do? Well, they, um, articles of corporation, they um, do assume business names, um, they do UCC filings. Um, from January through April, uh, January to about mid-April, we do um, annual report filings. Um, so you know we're high, you know, high into that for those three and a half months. Um, so you know, you know, it's a lot of money flows through our office for people filing for things. Um, we're in the process of um, replacing the the system. So we, you know, we have a contract and we're replacing the system for the. We're starting with phase one because that's all the money we got from the legislature. So we're doing the core financial you know, the, the money system and then the UCC system is phase one. And so we finished later this fall. So, and then uh, elections, which, you know, everybody knows we do elections and that's one of our smallest divisions hmm. is elections. Um, we also do records management for the entire state government. So anything that has to be saved um, for three years or 10 years or 50 years or forever, um, get um, from all from the governor's office and the legislature, the Supreme Court, and all the agencies in state government, all the elected officials. Um, we have a, a big warehouse, and we um, house about seventy-five thousand boxes of records. And that they, they go in and out and in and out, um, pulling it and you know whatever. We have a truck that drives around from agency to agency and picks it up. And we have a retention schedule, so we know whether to. Um, uh, 
recycle. Keep it or destroy yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, and then we also do conversions too, because um, like records that have to be kept for a long time, um, you don't want to keep them on paper because that fades over time. Right. So um, I think it's eaten by mice. I, mm. Yes, yeah, exactly. So you, we convert it to. Um, uh, microfish and microfilm, and you know everyone says, well, you know what? Why don't you convert it to computers? I mean, isn't that the way you'd save it? Well, 20 years ago, we were all on five-inch floppy disks, and nobody has a computer nowadays. That can it runs, read it. Yeah, that, that you know, but the one constant is microfish and microfilm, and you know, it's pretty simple machine to fix and to you know to make and so on, and so that's the international standard for archiving um, documents, at least for now. So. Wow. Yeah, so we, we do that. I mean, if you think about it, over the last 20, 25 years, we've gone from 5-inch floppy disk to 3-inch floppy disk, which were really hard disks. Right. And then we went to um, the 5-inch the round, you know, Round discs. What do you call? What do you call them? CDs. <laughs> CDs. And then you went to the little, little CDs, and then you went to the um, flash drives, and you know. Um, right. Yeah, and then you went to the CD. I mean. What so was interesting though is that um, yeah, it, in all those times that we changed what the the actual uh -huh. media that we wrote it on, uh, nerdery. <laughs> um, we didn't really have a good format to still keep things in uh -huh. until about. I guess it was. 10 years ago was when PDF was developed by Adobe. Uh -huh. And PDF technology is actually really cool because it doesn't matter what media it's on, it's readable mm -hmm. by just about anything. Yep. Yep. Um, and that's starting to become the standard. But even that, you know, everybody knows what a PDF is, mm -hmm. but it's still so new that, you know, courts yeah. are just now yeah. accepting yeah. it, you know, because they, everything has to be exactly right. Yeah. Well, statutes are far behind the technology, you know, far behind technology. Yeah. We don't, we don't yes. want them making changes really no. fast. No, no. We don't want them dictating the changes. So, no. Yeah. Let innovation yeah. happen. So, so we do elections, uh, business services, uh, records management. Then we have um, the division of uh, administrative rules and uh, notary. And so that we, you know, we licensed about twenty thousand notaries in Montana. And then administrative rules, um, you know, for instance, when a bill passes, it's like the thirty thousand foot level view. Right. But you, then you got to get down into. How does it actually work? I mean, who takes the paper to this office, and you know, are you know, are there fees attached, and so on? So the administrative rules really take it from the thirty thousand foot view to the everyday Individual. person. Yeah, view. And and that's a book that gets published every quarter. Our updates get published every quarter, but then the entire administrative rules is published once a year. Is that right? It, it, yeah, we put it out every two weeks oh. of of the rules, and then we we publish the register uh, four times a year. Wow, mm -hmm. and and I've seen <laughs> I've seen the published stack. It's like yeah. this is the rules, and yeah. it's a stack of paper like a foot high. Yeah, it's like oh, and it's the print is not that big. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, <laughs> I'm noticing that as I'm getting older. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what are the goals that you have? You know, I'm going to guess that you're going to win um, because I like you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's enough reason for me. <laughs> This is one of the first the few times on the show where I'll actually tell people who I'm voting for. It's, <laughs> I'm voting for you. Um, probably for the very good reasons in most cases, but one very obviously bad reason, which is I just don't like Brad. Um, what are your goals for the office? In your, because your second term is your final term that mm -hmm. you have the office. Mm -hmm. What goals do you have for it? Well, it, I, we want to keep on uh, with the business services system. We've got, you know, phase one, we'll be finishing this year, and then we'll go into phase two, which is, you know, basically our office runs um, 23 separate computer programs, and it's a 1978 mainframe computer. I mean, that's the system. Is it an AS400? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, it, you talk about those twenty, uh, those five-inch discs. I mean, we, we have the system to run it on. <laughs> we have the system to run it on. But, you know, so got a hamster down there. <laughs> exactly. So you know, I want to want to finish putting that into place. Um, I'm going to continue my legislative work, and you know, I, I I did 55 bill testimonies last session. Wow. And I did uh, four, and I was irate <laughs> at the end of the third one. I don't know how I would have gotten to 55. I did 55 bill testimonies myself, and so um, and I'll still have you know input into the legislative session. And, you know, basically, you know, I. 
continue to do what I do. I mean, I continue to put out communications from our office. I mean, we have a, a quarterly newsletter that we put out online, and that it goes to you know 100,000 people. And you know, we'll still continue to do that. Uh, we'll still continue to have upgrades to the election night reporting system, um, which I'm very proud of. You know, because we got rid of all the stringers, and so uh, we, we have that. Um, and I'll still continue to work on the land board issues. That's cool. So when you took over the office, there were um, some issues. <clears throat> That's the nice way to put it? Yeah. There were some issues with the office. And one of the things that I don't think people realize is that the Secretary of State's office is run basically as an independent business. It funds itself. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so even though you do get funding for certain projects from the, from the legislature and you get um, Funding from the feds for elections. Wait, we used to. We used to. Mm -hmm. You don't yeah. anymore. But it, it's um, it's running out. So. Ah. Mm -hmm. So. I, we're fee we're fee based. So we basically raise the money that we have. Right. But, and know, when you took over the office, the office was in debt. The office was running one over a million dollars in the red. That the year. You know, I, I come in in mid year. Right. And so it was a million dollars in the red. So you know, I I stopped illegal bonuses the first week in office. I closed a building the second month in office, and I cut out, I cut 18% in spending, wasteful spending, out the first year in office. And so, you know, the office had been running in the red for three years. And so, um, I, I'm pleased to say that we we finished the, the last. It's been uh, running in the red. No, it's been running in the black. It's been running in the in the red for the last for, th for the three years when I before. Oh, I came before in, you came. Yes. In. Okay. And so, I thought you meant the last three oh, years. No, no, no. So and so we just we just closed out the fiscal year in the black uh, for the second straight year, and I'm very pleased about that. And that's awesome. Yeah, and, and the staff was great about it. I mean, you know, the staff had never, the division administrators had never seen budgets. I mean, you know, they, they didn't have budgets. They didn't know whether they were running in the red or the black or whatever. And so, you know, we, we put it all, all down on paper. In fact, I, I hired a fiscal specialist in, in the first year to help us build a budget. And uh, we shared that with all the division administrators, and they saw everybody else's budget. They saw all the budgets. And um, the, the staff was really instrumental in saving money. I mean, you know, they had been told that money was no object. And so, you know, so they have been finding ways. They, three and a half years, they've been finding ways that we can save money. And so and one of the things we've done is um, the, the office used to send out, to, you know, to, every, to everyone that has a business, the annual report filing. Mm -hmm. Well, we decided that to send out, to put out every two weeks, to put out e-blast to the you know, 100,000 people we have um, emails for in the, in the business system. So we, we continuously e-blast them and, and encourage them to file online, which we have increased the online filings every year. And it's super office. easy. <laughs> yeah, and, and then we don't send out a paper copy of you know that file the annual report until a couple months into it, which greatly reduces the number of Baby. paper. Yeah, you know, so we saved you know first year we saved sixty seventy thousand dollars on that, and we saved businesses a hundred and fifty thousand dollars in late fees because they filed online. So you're personally responsible for the post office going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another thing. I've gone to all the meetings of the post office, and I've gone to all the hearings, and I've testified about um, the post office. Um, you know, Changing their closing post offices and closing their processing plants, because it you know it would affect the elections. Yes. It's going to affect mm -hmm. how you contact businesses. All mm -hmm. of that. Yeah, I think um, I have my own thoughts on the postal thing, and I haven't gone to the meetings because I don't like to yell at senators. <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly been the, the postmaster, so. Yeah, I'd, I'd yell at him. But the big thing that I have a problem with with the post office is that they're looking at closing rural post offices when they're the only thing in town. Yeah. Instead of consolidating, like here in Helena, we've got three post offices, plus we got the one in East Helena, mm -hmm. they're all within a five mile radius of each other, mm -hmm. there's just no need for them. Yeah. Consolidated yeah. into one. And even if that means closing down those buildings and getting a different, bigger building to put them mm -hmm. all in, because mm -hmm. you need more room for more PO boxes, mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. But you'll be able to do more with that building yeah. than you mm -hmm. can with the th three or four buildings that you've got mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. And nobody's gonna complain. Mm -hmm. We yeah, still have a yeah. post office in the yeah. area. Because we were they were looking at um, closing 80 post offices in Montana. Well, yeah, but they're looking at closing post offices when it's the only thing in town and it's the I only know. thing for 40 or 50 miles. Yes, yes, they've got, yes, people have to drive and drive and drive to get to a, a next post office. Right, and which is unacceptable. Mm -hmm. 
Very much so. Uh, so yes, they're looking at the wrong, you know, in New York, consolidate some of your post offices there. <laughs> I know. I mean, every block has a post office. Right. Maybe yeah. go down to one every three blocks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or, or put one inside every Starbucks. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. lease out some space with them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> share the spaces. I mean, put them in, you know, in um, grocery stores or, you know, libraries or, you know, other places, public places. I think Starbucks is a good idea. Exactly. Yeah. I think that actually Starbucks should look into that about becoming a secondary post office for some of these small towns. <laughs> exactly. It'd give them a reason to start expanding again. So, <laughs> try to make the world a better place with coffee. Um, so, what else besides politics? I mean, we've talked about all of the things that you've done in politics, with going all the way back to seventh grade, which is amazing. <laughs> and screen printing, which I would like to point out, I tried that in high school, and that's not easy. So the fact that you did it more than once and did it well is very impressive. Because I tried it once with a shirt, and all I ended up doing was then later on tie-dyeing that shirt. <laughs> Dying over it. <laughs> uh, well, so that it wasn't noticeable what I had tried to do. It's like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Um, what outside of politics are you up to these days? What else besides politics? Yeah, I mean, obviously the campaign is taking over your nights right now, but before the campaign really took over, I, I mean, I know I saw you at, you came to a couple of my concerts and, oh, yes. and we've seen you out yeah, about, yeah, but. Yeah, I, I, I like to um, uh, support the, um, the Holter. Uh -huh. And I support the um, the, Mont the the Helena Symphony, and I like to go to this. In fact, I'm going to the Symphony, the Symphony of the Stars this weekend. It yes. should be interesting. Yes, uh, a Western theme. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, got your um, cowboy hat. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I knit. I, you know, oh. I, I think I knit 22 scarves for Christmas gifts last year. So, oh, wow, <laughs> just cranking out the scarves. <laughs> Lots of stuff to do. Okay, so let's go over how people can get a hold of you. You've got a Twitter account. I have. I tweet from the office. And then mm -hmm. that is also your personal account as well. No, I, it's it's the Secretary of State's Twitter account. So it's SOS. It's at SOS McCullough. Okay, mm -hmm. and then you've got your website. I've got the website at, at sos.mt.gov. Right. So these are the official ones. And um, do, does the SOS have a Facebook page? We have a Facebook page, mm -hmm. yes. Um, I have a Facebook page for the office and a separate Facebook page for the campaign. Okay. And do you have a separate Twitter for the campaign? No. No. Okay. So what's your campaign website? Um, McCullough for Montana. Dot com. Cool. Mm -hmm. And we'll put links to all of this in there. And you've got, I'm assuming you've got either an ActBlue or some other donation page mm -hmm. on there. Yeah, ActBlue. Mm -hmm. And if anybody would like to get a hold of you to volunteer or screen print a sign, or mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. they can do that through the website. They can do that through the website. And um, what else? Um, make sure they show up and vote. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. um, voter registration. Okay. Oh, I did have one other question on voter registration. Mm -hmm. So now I'm not going to end the show right there. <laughs> um, an interesting thing just came out last week, and I don't know if you saw the article on it. Um, Microsoft and Facebook got together, and with the state of Washington, they're doing online voter registration. Uh -huh. And this looks really, really cool. Now, there's also been a lot of harping that, oh, it's a potential for fraud, potential for fraud. But it's got all the same restrictions that you do in person, mm -hmm. and it's still checked by a person. Mm -hmm. Well, Oregon also has electronic voter registration. And really? I, had, I had a bill last session for electronic voter registration. And, uh, you know, because it, it goes through the DMV, I mean, it's got signatures. I mean, it's, it's got all the same parameters that, um, it, it, that when you do in person. And so I mean, that didn't pass. And I, so I'm hoping that, you know, the legislature will get more comfortable with it. And, and because it, electronic voter registration is a natural thing. Yeah, and all yeah. of us have registered uh -huh. for things. Yeah. Very cool. So <laughs> there's lots of new fun things happening in the Secretary of State's office. Uh, thank you again for being on the show. You're welcome. And uh, I wish you the best of luck with your campaign. <laughs> and I'm sure I will see lots of fun things happening. Thank you very much. Politics is